when you have a video game console where you can use candles to troubleshoot your sensors, then you it's a great console. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. I so, was born in 1989, not 1889. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Tell us John fucking talking about candles. <laughs> Welcome to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shellcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined, as always, by my real-life brothers. I've got John. John, how are you today? I'm doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Delated. Yeah, the greenest of holidays, in fact. And then I'm also joined by Chris, my youngest brother. Chris, how are you? What's going on? The only one wearing green here, so I guess I'm the only one in the turtle and St. Patrick's Day spirit. Hmm. Very good. Well, we've got a whole lot to unpack in season two, episode 10 of the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series. This one is entitled New York's Shiniest. And before we hop into the recap, uh, we're going to get started with pizza time. pizza time. John has the pleasure of hosting us for this Pizza Time Eat segment. So uh, before get into that i just want to point out that john did call his shot last week he got what he asked for and um i didn't have to go fish (laughs) yeah exactly uh no old maid he got what he asked for uh last week when he hoped for a meatball pizza topping so what have you prepared for us today john so i did get meatball which some would say is my favorite um pizza topping Here's a little photo for those. I did not make this. It was not frozen. I ordered it from a pizza place that was right down the street. That shall remain nameless because the pizza quality rivals that of the Elios. I'll say that. Yeah, it looks a little it's light bad. on the meatball for what. what I mean, I thought it looked good. Classic Greek. Just like pizza. One's, one piece. I mean, I Green. ate the other 75% of it earlier today. So. I meant one piece of meatball on the slice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty light on the meatball, if I'm being honest. I was going to go, like, fancy meatball pizza, but I figured I'd stay true. So here we go. Meatball pizza. Here we go. From right down the street. Bite number one. I think in the in the actual episode this came from, they called it the Michelangelo special. Hmm. was meatball. The meatball was okay. Pizza is pretty good, though. Overall, this might not be the best meatball pizza in the world, but meatball pizza in general, I'm giving a nine dollar one cent. Wow, rating. nine Very, one for what he just called the Julius pizza. Nine dollars and one cent that puts it what like second? Yeah, above for me pepperoni above pepperoni. What's it below? Cocoa puffs. <sighs> Which I put it as an asterisk, it has an asterisk because yeah, yeah, I don't know if that counts. So I yeah, that that was a good meatball pizza though. I highly recommend. It's the fancier meatball pizza you go to, the better. I saw a TikTok where it was a pizzeria and they 
put like uh, just a crap ton of pepperoni in a little flash pan, put it in the oven so that they all got like rimmed and looked really good and lost all the oil. Then they just took all of the pepperoni, put it on the pizza and then mixed the pepperoni oil in ranch dressing and then drizzled it on. It looked so good. It's disgusting. Ranch and pizza is a epidemic in this country. I love it. It's disgusting. When I was in Poland um, forever, my semester abroad, um, they do not eat pizza without dipping it into a sauce of some sort. And ranch was one of the more popular ones, believe it or not. And I, it freaked me out because I have never been one to dip my pizza in anything except the oil that's dripping off it mm. personally. But some people out there really are diehard sauce fans. In uh, Colorado, it's hot honey is usually what they put on the crust for dip. Hot honey is good. Yeah. But anyway, so meatball, $9.01. Highly recommend. This was a great spin and a great call by what I'm calling myself the great Bambino. Oh, yeah. I pointed, I called my shot. So, no doubt. Very good. So, that ends and concludes our pizza time segment for now. Uh, we will spin the wheel later this episode. Um, who will spin? We'll find out when we share the results of the Twitter poll. So, we'll save that for later. But speaking about segments, we've got a couple here. Uh, besides our recap, we'll be engaging in a little buy or sell um, with reptile and amphibian facts, uh, and also a Mount Rushmore of advanced technology. Um, and then we'll have our usual turtleisms, villain power ranking, Twitter poll, and pizza time spin. So let's do it. In this episode, we've got a familiar opening scene with Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady in a warehouse. They are putting a plan together, specifically Shredder, who is on the phone with Krang. And his whole idea is to take advantage of the city's police staffing issues and steal one of the police robots that the police force has been working on developing. And what he wants to do is reprogram it and then clone it to build an army of robot clones. Yeah, I think that we've seen this playbook before and how my how quickly we've gotten off of the mutant strategy right although what was the last episode splinter no more yeah so he Which mutated guess... he demutated but then wanted to go back to being a mutant yeah um but i'm with you this was right out of, of the mousers episode um and to the uh the yeah. regenerator machine thing yep so a lot of um common themes coming through this one but yes he's off the mutants again and into robots and i'd like to point out that there are a lot of and i'll i'll point them out as we get to them a lot of commentaries on society at the time perhaps in this episode this being the first that there's clearly not enough police presence which we've seen in other episodes but Perhaps an issue in real life New York as well. Not enough cops on the streets. Exactly. So Crane is actually on board with this idea, which is ironic because it failed the first time. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't on board with the Mausers plan back with uh, Baxter. However, he's on board and he warns Shredder, though, 
if he fails, he will spend the rest of his life with Bebop and Rocksteady. So that, I have a question for you guys. Did you interpret that as he'll just be another goon to Krang or the punishment is that he has to like be in charge of Bebop and Rocksteady? Like Krang wants nothing else to do with them because they're such buffoons. I think it's the latter personally because they just came back a few episodes ago from Dimension X. And so I think Krang was just done with them and wanted them out of his hair. <laughs> so he's still bitter about them probably screwing up whatever in Dimension X. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what Andrew said too. Like, although it, it's, I don't know, like Shredder seemed to have wanted Bebop and Rocksteady back for a while. And now him getting stuck with them is going to be a punishment. So. Yeah, that, that was why I asked, because like five episodes ago, he was begging for help from Dimension X. And now Bebop and Rocksteady are getting stupider and stupider as the episodes progress. Like they dumb them down. Yeah, they've definitely painted them as like the dumb jock, although their shooting has gotten better. So I guess we'll see how that um, you know relationship continues to work out. But um, either way. Everyone's all the bad guys, all the villains here seem to be on the same page, which is not the case in every episode. And then um, there's a there's a funny part when Shredder first calls Krang on the communicator, like the FaceTime photo of Krang looks so bad. It's like the worst really? angle. And yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll have to go I'll back and watch it. it. Yeah, it's what a screenshot. But I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, that's a terrible angle for <laughs> for Krang. He looks horrible. That's not gotta love those little Easter eggs, though. Yeah, no, it's per- it's perfect. We'll have to put that one on the social media. Yeah, but um, who does look good channels. when they get a FaceTime call? You answer, and it's like you're looking down at your phone. Yeah, terrible angle. So after after the back and forth with Krang and Shredder, um, we change scenes to April walking down the street with Irma, and it it seems like to me at least April is giving her a little bit of a pep, pep talk about meeting men and the dating scene and Irma lamenting over her being single. And then immediately during that or right after they're cat called by some meathead, uh, I'm going to say construction worker, but I don't know if he was coming from the gym. It's not just slander <laughs> construction workers on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, there's stereotypes for a reason, Chris. Yeah. Also and... April, not in uniform or whatever you call her jumpsuit different for some reason, say. just wearing different clothes. Yeah. And I think that persists. I don't know if it's the entire episode, but I know at the very end she's she's in uh, different clothes too. So I was, uh, you know, interested in trying to see if that will continue. You know, because we had Shredder in some weird robes for a while there, um, every now and then. So I'm I'm not sure. We've got the turtle disguises back in this episode with the trench coat. So there's a lot of um, variability, I think, with the with the um, you know clothes. Yeah. April in her shades of purple is what the outfit was. Maybe a little mauve or a little indigo in there. Nobody knows. The mauve storm. Do you guys know what that's yeah. from? Or the hey, mauve avenger. Maybe it was. Yeah, the mauve yeah. avenger. Mauve avenger. Know. Hey Arnold. It's the name of the like uh, Pinewood Derby little go kart thing they put together, right? Yeah, Eugene's. It was Eugene's soapbox derby yeah, Eugene. car. Wow, soapbox that's a throwback. Hey Arnold. Excellent. So there, um, uh, so to end that scene, April tells Irma like, Hey, that's not the type of guy I'm talking about. Um, so they go back to her apartment. 
And as April is going to unlock the door, she realizes it's already unlocked. And when she opens it, she, she recognizes that she's being robbed in plain daylight. Um, so they, there's two or three men in her apartment taking her couch, her TV, like everything, ransacking the whole place. And then they ass- assault her or push her down, whatever you want to call it, um, just to boot. So she gets absolutely ransacked at her apartment. And in her panic, she calls the turtles, of course, instead of the police. And Irma makes it a point to state, I believe, verbatim that she wants the boys in green for St. Patty's Day mm. um, instead of the boys in blue. Yeah, it breaks the, breaks the third wall there. Looking right at the camera, yeah. talking right at us. And just an awkward, overall awkward robbery. She's having like a conversation with the thieves as they're tossing her couch and stuff out the window. Yeah. It was just yeah. a weird, weird interaction. Yeah. And you may not have noticed this. April uses her left hand to turn the key and unlock the door. Is that a psycho move? Maybe she's left-handed. Strange. Oh, she well, opened the door with her right hand, like open the doorknob though. Strange. I'm always a righty with keys. Yeah. Even though I keep my keys in my left pocket. But what if the doorknob was, what side of the door was the doorknob on the right? I'm assuming. Yeah, her right. I'm, it's yeah. always a right for me. I do think Shredder is a lefty because every time he has a turtle com, I didn't check in this episode, but it's al- always in his left hand. And I it don't know anyone. It was built for a left hand use. Yeah, that's the way true. it's curved, you have to use it that way. That's it true. was in his left hand. I've got the screenshot pulled up now. Yeah. Looking at Craig's so, fat face. <laughs> so she calls the turtles, and um, then we get a cutscene to the turtles, and they're in another training session, I'll call it, um, with Splinter. And it opens up with them stacked on top of each other, trying to reach a light bulb. So they're working on balance is what I'm going to assume. Um, And then that's when the call comes in. So it breaks their focus and the turtles fall. I think Mikey might've been at the top. I don't, I don't recall, but they fall without changing the light bulb. Um, So they get the news from April that they've been robbed. The turtles say they'll be there right away. Um, but just before they leave, Splinter says, what about the light bulb? Like, this wasn't just a training exercise. Actually, we actually need this changed. So Mikey throws his nunchucks. And we've seen this before from Mikey. He's almost impossible to stop when he's throwing his nunchucks. Um, and so anyway, he throws them. It wraps up, instead of just the light bulb, it, it wraps up the entire light fixture and, and pulls it from the ceiling. So just a little humor mixed in right before we then go back to April and Irma. This seemed like a perfect chance to do a, how many turtles does it take to screw in a light bulb joke? Mm. And they just didn't use it. Yeah. Obviously the answer is more than four. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, or is they it less? Unscrew the could light be bulb. less than four, Chris. Yeah. True. True. Also like, I don't know. It, this sewer just keeps getting like fancier and fancier, like vaulted ceilings, light fixtures, light bulbs, TVs everywhere. I mean, Donnie has of... a lab in there. I think that's the yeah. more impressive thing. Yeah. Either way, when we get back to April and Irma back in her apartment, um, we see Irma trying to convince April instead of instead of being really 
bummed out that she was just robbed of everything um, to instead focus on work and do a crime news story uh, in the city, which April is over the moon about. And in fact, she, she has somebody at the police headquarters that owes her one. So very quickly with, with Irma's suggestion, April runs with the, let's do a story on the crime in the city and she's out of the apartment right away. Feel like feel like that police contact could have been useful in earlier episodes too. Like of all the times to pull it out, maybe when they had like the anti-turtle task force hunting people down, you could have used <laughs> it then, but yeah. Yeah, I think I was actually incorrect. She doesn't leave the apartment at this point. She just hatches the idea and maybe hops on the phone. Um, and then what we see is the turtles on the way to her apartment. They're driving down the street and the the burglars or robbers are on the street just trying to you know sell her stuff for cash. So they recognize that it's April's. Um, they confront the robbers. And this is one of the most bizarre scenes we've gotten to date, in my opinion, this fight scene. Because what happens what? is... So the turtles confront the robbers and then they rip off their, their trench coats. Um, and that's when we get the theme music that plays, which is usually for an epic fight scene. However, this fight scene, as I will call it, is really just the turtles intimidating the robbers by lifting up with their mutant strength, <laughs> lifting up a, a van and just holding it above their head for 30 seconds to then scare <laughs> off the robbers who then just run away because of, you know, how insane it is that they can lift up a vehicle. Yeah. When literally the scene previous, they struggled to hold each other up trying to screw the light bulb in. Yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so brute brute they, strength scares scares off the robbers. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that scene or discussion from Seinfeld where Jerry is talking about how strong George is, how he's like spotting dimes from across the room. He's lifting like 50 pound bags of flour over his head as a show of strength. The turtles just absolutely like dominate this van when like, yeah, just like lift it straight up over their head. All yeah, like unprompted. It wasn't like they were thrown into it or had to run around <laughs> it. They just walk across the street and pick up a blue van. Yeah. And then, and then, then straight arm it like elbows yeah. locked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also um, in as part of the scene or in this discussion, I think it's when April's talking about the the burglars. She calls them hoodlums. She pronounces hoodlum weird. Yeah, she says these hoodlums, which made me laugh. I thought that I was did. A, I did note that, and I thought you would bring it up. Yeah, because that's usually on your radar. Correct. Yeah. The guy that hit on Irma is the guy that was in the van. Right? Yeah. Oh, the really? Who's the getaway driver? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know oh. if I if I was like making that up or if that was the case but he was the getaway driver yeah see i didn't connect those but the turtles drive by and they're just selling all of april's shit that says hot buys (laughs) as in like hot stolen they make a couple i think they make a couple jokes or puns about uh yeah pretty good marketing strategy yeah yeah quick turnaround not a lot of days in inventory for that yeah they're they're basically selling it on the sidewalk of the building they robbed yeah Yeah, like nothing directly outside flex yeah, yeah. And like, hey, I just stole your shit and I'm selling it to people. <laughs> That's a flex. When the turtles, after they scare off the robbers, they then make their way up to April's apartment and they are bringing her stuff back. So they have a dolly 
Donnie's got a dolly. There's, you know, TV, some boxes. They bring it up and April is grateful to have her stuff return, but it's all broken or banged up or not working anymore. And we see that because Donatello goes to plug in the TV and it explodes immediately. So a normal person would be very upset at this moment. I believe if all your stuff has been taken, it comes back, it's all broken, lost, what have you. But April chasing that story of the century, she runs out the door to follow her police headquarter contacts lead about a secret experimental robot cop. So she takes off. She says, Hey, thanks. Appreciate it guys, but I'm out of here. And what we see next is April. I'm going to say downtown. I don't know actually where it is, but she's it's nighttime. She's kind of snooping around this warehouse. She finds a door at the location that her um, contact told her about, and she just goes inside and inside what she discovers or what she tries to avoid actually is, is engaging with the security guards. There's two of them and she's trying to kind of duck away from them to go see if she can find this robot cop. And so she opens another door to a room that she has no idea where it leads to goes in there and lo and behold, she unveils a robot enforcement experiment or otherwise known as Rex R E X one, who is the robot cop that conveniently shredder was looking for, as mentioned earlier. Um, and, and April just stumbles upon with her channel six news cam. Mm. So she is going to get the scoop that she's been looking for. And Rex one would imply that there are multiple Rex, Rex I, or at least planned to be multiple. This is sort of gen one, gen one. Yeah. So with the introduction of Rex one, we're going to break for our Mount Rushmore segment. And this one's going to be Mount Rushmore of advanced technology. So what we do for Mount Rushmore is we collectively collaborate to select what we think are the four best examples of a topic. With advanced technology being the topic, what I did was I subdivided them into four distinct categories. So I am looking for the ultimate motion picture robot, so either TV or movie, the ultimate video game console, the ultimate car amenity, for example, power steering um, or heated seats, something like that. And then fourth is um, futuristic technology that you hope we will have in our lifetime, like flying cars or, or something of that nature. So those are the categories. Um, I will say, I can appreciate the fact that you gave us four things to pick here. So, yeah, it's not as open ended as our our last one. Chris, we'll have to keep that in mind going forward as we do these. So, I feel I like that. Yeah, spoon feed everyone else a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. And we're going to start this Mount Rushmore with Chris. And we're just going to go down in that order. So, we're going to start with the motion picture robot. All right, this one was the easiest one for me. Um, big robot fan, love movies. The iRobot Sonny, or Sonny from the movie iRobot, is the ultimate 
robot in any movie. He has thoughts like a human. He dreams. He has visions. Do you guys, John, you look a little confused. Have you seen iRobot? It's been a while. Not for at least a yeah, decade and a half. All right. That guy, Sonny, <laughs> S-O-N-N-Y, looks yeah. creepy AF. I think I know. Yeah, he's got like a human kind of face. That's the yeah. point. He's as close to a human as a robot can get, which yeah, if you're a robot guy. is the ultimate goal. So Sonny the robot from iRobot. You know what's also crazy? saves humans from bad robots. So, so I will say I haven't really seen because that was released in 2004, so it's almost been 20 years. Um, yeah. But what I will say is, because you brought just brought this up, all robot movies are about robots becoming more human-like and then taking over. You know, Terminator, whatever um, robot movie you want to talk about, that's always the storyline. But what if robots are so much smarter than us that they don't want to be like us and they want to? be better than us like we're missing the plot in our own stories about our demise from robots like they're going to be so advanced that we're not even going to know that we're being eliminated yeah because the classic robot storyline is robots are created part of their rules are they have to protect humans and then in order to protect humans they have to hurt humans because humans are hurting themselves right but we just leave out what you said which is maybe robots want nothing to do with us yeah I mean, they're already, I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Sonny, for me, probably not on my Mount Rushmore, but I do like the um, rationale behind it because he's the I'm most open, human-like. I'm open to other, I have a couple others, but I'm, I will let you guys go and we'll mm. see. All right, John, what, what's your um, pick for Mount Rushmore of yeah. robots? So, I don't know. I was kind of going back and forth. I wrote down five different ones, but. I think I'm going to go Big Hero 6. I don't know what that is. Ba- oh, wait, Big Hero 6? Isn't that Baymax? Or... Yeah. Or is that a d- is different it? movie? No, I think that... Big Hero... It's a big white guy? I don't know who he is. Yeah, John just Googled guy. robots. No, no, no. This is... no. There's <laughs> yeah, no heart no. behind this. John's big Hero 6 is Baymax. Media. Yeah. Yeah, Baymax. Who... Chris, have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie? It sounds like I you have. haven't. It's a tearjerker. I haven't opinion. seen it. Big Hero 6, he's like this big, white, punching bag kind of robot kind of guy. Healthcare provider robot is the goal initially for Tadashi, his brother. And then it gets changed because of the movie. I won't spoil it for anyone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think Baymax is kind of annoying, though, in the the beginning. (laughs) Where he's like, sir, would you need a band-aid or, you know, whatever he's saying. (laughs) I like it, though. I like Big Hero 6. It's kind of a mix between the Michelin Man and I kind of like Sonny, I guess. Yeah, He's visually, got... I know who this is. Yeah. I have to vote no just because I've never seen the movie. So, <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> All right. My, I did have a couple as well, but my leading, my favorite robot, this is actually tough. I'm going to go with Mega Man. That's an Android. Wow. Sorry. I looked it up. It said robot. If we're if we're gonna He's eliminate part man, isn't he? Mega I th- man. I thought so too, but it said robots when I looked it well, up. Well, if it's official, if it's canon that he's robot, then I'll. All right. Well, I'll, I'll check on that. Um, my my other one that was tough for me to choose was Wally. I really like Wally. Yeah. Not just from a um, artist representation, like graphic. Like I think the robot itself looks cool, but what he was doing. I mean, he saved humanity basically in the movie by bringing them back to earth where 
the robots have been keeping them from for centuries. All right, so we're not going to spoil the other movie, but we'll just spoil Wally <laughs> well, for everyone. <laughs> I've yeah, I mean Wally is one of the best <laughs> Pixar movies in my opinion of all time. All right, hands up. I haven't seen Wally, but I know who Wally is, obviously. Jesus Chris, that's how Wally and Delicious Treads. Here's a throwback for you. Batteries not included. I had that. Those little robots. I had that. I forget what they do, but they're kind of cool. I had um, the Terminator as a robot on my um, list because him going back in time. What's the plot, Chris? So the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator was an older model of the Terminator robots created by Skynet that got captured by the humans and reprogrammed to protect Sarah Connor, who gives birth to the savior. Yeah, that's right. So is he good? I don't really know. It's hard to say. He's evil in the first movie, and then he gets converted. Who's the liquid silver guy? He's bad. That's the updated. That's the T whatever. Yeah, the new, new version. Yeah, the newer version of the original Terminator. I feel like Terminator, while I don't like the movies and they're very old at this point, it is, I think it was one of the most iconic um, robot movies. I also checked, Chris, Mega Man is a robot originally named Rock created as a lab assistant by the scientists Dr. Light and Dr. Willie. So he is, in fact, confirmed a robot. Dr. Willie? That sounds... Listen, of all of all the ones I've heard, mostly because I haven't seen half the movies, Mega Man gets my vote. He has cannon arms. Kind of hard to kind of hard to beat that. I only know him from a video game. Is he in something else? I mean, they made uh Comics, they made a TV or uh TV series off of the video game. It did start yeah, as a video game in eighty seven. Other than that, I mean, the ones I could think of that were maybe more mainstream is Bender from Futurama. Yeah, he's a robot and that. Not my favorite character. And I don't really watch that show. And then I thought maybe Rick and Morty has some sort of robot thing that Chris was going to bring up, but didn't. There's um, not really, no. Bemo from Adventure Time. If you guys have ever watched Adventure Time, Bemo's pretty cool. I had um, the Iron it's more Giant. more like a video game, though. I consider it Iron Giant too, but he doesn't really, he's so big, he can't really do much. You know, what about I mean, this? This, this fits with the theme of the episode Robocop, which came out in 1987. The movie Robocop with Sylvester no. Stallone. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not putting a cop on the Mount Rushmore. Um, what about the Transformers? Those are robots. Aren't they aliens, technically? Yeah. Embarrassing, John. What? They're not robots. I think they're, they're aliens that like take over the form of cars to be on Earth or something. I don't know. Beats me. I Two alien robot factions. So technically, they are both aliens and robots. I mean, Optimus Prime is probably yeah. He uh, if you talk about robots, he's got to be one of the most famous. I don't know. I, how do we how do we break a tie when we haven't all seen some of these movies? Maybe who does the most good? I vote for Mega Man. Or it's gonna be Mega Man or Wally then. Oh, Wally! I'm voting for Wally. I can I can agree with Wally. All right, Wally's on the board, and he just like looks like a fucking awesome robot too. Yeah, Treads. He's remember, great. you guys are shitting on Treads. Who was Wally's got him? Who was shitting on Treads? 
when we talked about the ultimate the, rat the catching ultimate machine. Rat yeah. You guys are John in particular. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're catching rats, then not. fuck with treads. Except not <laughs> Wally. <laughs> All right. So we got Wally for ultimate motion picture robot. Now we're moving on to ultimate video game console. John, would you like to lead us? Yes. These, there are so many to choose from, but then at the same time, also not that many to choose from because there haven't been a lot. But let me guess, let me guess before you say what your answer is going to be and tell me if I'm right or not. Game Boy Color. No, but that was a good pick. I chose Super Nintendo. I knew that was, I was going to uh, say Super Nintendo. NES. Yeah. One, a great controller. It took the original Nintendo Square, made it rounded. There's four buttons plus a start select arrows and you got two bumpers. The color scheme, purple and gray. The games, shall I list them? Yeah, your favorite three or four. We don't we don't need to hear all of them. Mario Kart. Just say Mario. That's all you need to say is yeah. Mario. Mario. Uh well, also included Mickey's Mario Speed games. No, that's sixty-four. Oh, it's sixty-four. Um so thus, I choose Super Nintendo. Also, argue. Super Nintendo argue. did have some Team NT games for it. I don't think we ever had them or played them, but I'm pretty mm. sure they existed. And I'll say this for the record about Super Nintendo. The best version of Mario Kart. The N64 people can go kick rocks. The Super Nintendo version is the original and the best version of that game. Yeah. Yeah. And like Super Mario World, that Super Mario World was yeah. the best. The hidden like things. Hmm. Remember That's like what... the Yo- the Yoshi levels, like all the different color Yoshis. You could go up into the clouds and fucking get yeah. all the. John, you've been. I'm a Toad guy. You're. I don't really give a shit about Yoshi. Yeah. To be honest, I'm a Koopa Koopa Trooper. Yoshi's kind of like the second Taylor tier Swift. of Mario class citizens. He just gets ridden around. He doesn't even speak. He gets punched in the back of the head so his tongue sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, I vote Super Nintendo. All right. What are your thoughts I, on that? I tend to agree with John. I think Super Nintendo is like the perfect level of difficulty for games. Like game gaming now, I, I like games. I play games. They're, it's just too advanced. There's too much going on. You can't just sit down and play a game anymore. So, I like that about Super Nintendo. But I think I'm going to just make a case for a system that nobody really ever talks about. Sega Dream, Dreamcast, Dreamcast was so far ahead of its time that it failed. But John, it was the first game you could connect online to. It was, we didn't even have one. I think one of our friends had one. I remember playing one at some point, did. but it was just an advanced, it was, it was well before its time. The controller, like you could, I think you could disconnect and like the controller had games in it too or something. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. How can you pick a system that First you never discs, even had? Maybe two. Well, let me just give you a little insight to both those systems. So John says Super Nintendo. It's uh, one, two, three, four, fifteenth all time for console sold. Released in nineteen ninety, sold forty one or forty nine point one million units. Wow. Um, whereas I would have thought. 
Yeah, Sega Dreamcast, it's way lower down the list. I'm not going to count. Uh, released in 98, so eight years later, it sold 9.13 million units. And important to note, um, preceded the release of PlayStation 2. So it was caught right around PS2 and GameCube, which I think is what was the crux for Sega, um, is because they couldn't break through the PlayStation and Nintendo world. And so it just died at the Dreamcast. But I do agree. Because the Godettes also had Sega Dreamcast. And it was wild because there was something with the remote. I don't know if it was like a thumbprint or some light. There's something with the controller that... Yeah, it was like in the middle. It, like, yeah. it was part of what it incorporating games. Here's just a quick list of first. First online gaming was Dreamcast. First console that you could hook up to the internet. Um, first motion control with a game, Dreamcast. Uh, what else is here? First massive multiplayer online. First voice chat. I mean, look at this. Well ahead of its time. That was all that was on the list. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, Chris, by that logic, Atari. First ever. Atari sold uh, about 20 million argument. more units than the Sega Dreamcast from Pong, 1977. What Pong? While both of those, I think, are <laughs> decent. I mean, Super Nintendo, I think, is a decent one. Dreamcast is kind of a sleeper. Chris likes to go with the lesser known. Um, I had a hard time deciding. Personally, favorite console I've ever played is a Nintendo Switch, but that's too modern, in my opinion, too easy. I mean, it's the number three video game console of all time at 122.55 million units. And it's only been out for six years. It's impressive. So, yeah. It is impressive. It's number one. PlayStation 2. 155 say, million and then nintendo ds is after that handheld wow nintendo has two of the top three. Oh, more than that actually they have uh three of the top four because game boy and game boy color come in at number four and then it goes ps4 playstation wii playstation 3 xbox 360 and game boy advance rounds out so nintendo the gets 10. the old people the young people and people in between yeah, and it's that's just, why just, when you have Mario as well as your like keynote video game franchise, it's Mario's for everybody. I'll yeah, honest, I'm a little sick of Mario. Yeah. However, though, what's crazy about Nintendo, I agree about Mario, but they also either bought the rights or are collaborating with Sega because now there's Sonic on Nintendo games, which is, that was always the thing between Sega and Nintendo. Are you a Mario person or are you a Sonic person? Sonic is... Fucking way cooler than Mario is. Yeah. But now you can get both on the Switch. However, the Switch is not my answer. I am, in fact, going with something else, which is... I love the Virtual Boy, (laughs) but I'm going with the Wii because the Wii, to me, is really what changed video games, um, in my opinion, from being just controller, handheld, um, to being like fully interactive and immersive. So I think the Wii to me is was a tipping point. It was introduced in 06, sold over 100 million units. It really pushed video games to like that next level because then Xbox came out with the Kinect. Like all those things started happening after the Wii. In my and the Wii is like at its core is what gaming should be, which is like with other people. Other consoles have gone too far. Like you play by yourself. The Wii is like way more fun when you have other people around you. I agree. 
And in fact, that's the whole reason I bought it. And later on the switch is because like John would bring the switch home for holidays and everybody would want to play because anybody can. Yeah. And it it's like when you have a video game console where you can use candles to troubleshoot your sensors, then you it's a great console. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. I so, was born in 1989, not 1889. <laughs> Tell us, John, fucking talking about candles. So the Wii, it, the way it worked is the controllers were obviously motion censored, but you had to put a sensor in front of your TV so that it knew where the fuck you were looking and where the video game was. If that sensor broke, you could put a candle in. You could put two candles in front of your TV and it would act the same as what the sensor does. So if your Wii sensor broke, you could just light up, flame a couple candles, and it would work. To the controllers would pick up on whatever it was. Interesting. It's like if you put an Xbox in the oven when you get the red rings of death, it would fix it somehow, or something along those lines. Wrap it in a towel, or I don't know. There's some weird thing you could do. Put it in rice. Putting in the. (laughs) (laughs) Blow blow in the game. Put it in rice, and then immediately know it's not going to work because it never has. Um, okay, so I think we've... I, well, so here's here are those three nominations. I Before you get to that, that, I'm very surprised you there was no mention of Game Boy Color because I'm pretty sure that you, you especially, John, but Chris as well, you guys played thousands of hours on that thing. But I Pokemon. only ever played one game. It was yeah. the problem. It was Mar- uh, Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. Yeah. I think I played, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly... I guess it is considered a console, but it like the handheld consoles didn't even cross my mind when I was going through these, if I'm being honest. <laughs> fucking cat. Um, John, can we be professional for like one minute, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> and here's the I- ironic thing about... So Marshall, John's cat, just walked across the screen. For those of you listening to the podcast, he's made an appearance at least once before. Um this cat, if you were ever to go to John's, John and Elise's home, you would never know that they had a cat other than the litter box being in one of the bathrooms because he doesn't that like other people. Anyway. He doesn't like anyone but John, apparently. <laughs> or in the pod. In the pod. Yep. He's great. He's now trying to eat something. Luckily, I eat. I finish off the meatball pizza. He's also a fan of meatballs. Anyways, Dreamcast is out to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was just trying I was to make gonna, a case for something. I was different. initially going to say the Wii is out, but it's like, well, my basis is also Nintendo, so I would be okay. That's just like if you, on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I think the like, Super Nintendo, I would vote Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo it is. Okay. But I will nice. say there's nothing like the thrill of a PS2 that you, is like not working and you're waiting for that little thing to start spinning and the game to start. I, I was going to say PS2 was probably our most played console like for our childhood, I think. Like Madden, I just remember playing a bunch of Madden, a bunch yeah. of like Brainy, NHL 98. Nope. Was that PS1 or PS2? PS2. PS1 PS2. was NHL 98. But you could play PS1 games yeah, on, on PS2. PS2. Yeah, the so backwards that was great too. Was is yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, I mean... I could you could make a lot of arguments, but I do think Super Nintendo got a lot of play by us as well. So, 
and it just holds up. The Super Nintendo we had still works. Well, and that's the thing. That's what the point I was going to make about the Switch is like they took all those games and re-released them on the Switch so you can play yep. them the exact way that you did 20 years ago, which is great. Incredible. All right, so we got Wally and Super Nintendo. We're now moving to car amenities. So I'm going to lead it off. I'm going to go with uh, the one I use the least, but I think, in my opinion is the most advanced or was the most advanced was the backup cam. That was number one on my list too. I think nowadays it's, it's such a commodity, but for example, my 2013 Jeep Wrangler does not have a backup cam. So I'm still old school and people actually have mentioned this, like uh, Gen Z folks that I've worked with. I still do the turnaround backup because I don't have a, backup cam in my vehicle and even when i'm in my wife's car which does have a backup cam uh, i don't use it but i use could your see mirrors buddy you could use I, the mirrors i i'm a i'm a look and feel kind of guy mm. Mm. i know this this was i i also had the backup cam as my number one and i think you put this as like high tech i the windshield wiper is a game changer you just couldn't drive in the rain before the intermittent windshield wiper, I should say, not just the windshield wiper. But I didn't think that was high tech enough to qualify for how you had classified it. Yeah, but in, I'm pretty sure in the its... Model T had some freaking windshield wipers on it. As an option, John. Intermittent, I said. It used to just be full bore or nothing. Yeah. I mean, that has, I mean, when you think about it, that has opened up a high percentage of days that you wouldn't be able to travel to allowing it. The lives it saved. Headlights. Again, used to be an option. Yeah. But yeah, the backup cam is great. In my new fancy high tech car, there's also side cameras that help, which are like the more cameras, the better. Yeah. I was actually surprised. I should have looked up when the backup cam was first introduced. Maybe one of you guys can do that. Um, Like, first, it basically became standard in 2014 for the most part because. I bought a 2013 Corolla and it was about three grand to put in what, what the, what the salesperson said, it's just a little wire that we put in your car. And she said that little wire cost me three grand. I said, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But my point being, I am surprised it took so long for it to become standard because to me that solves so many problems. And to your point, like we've had cameras on our phone for 30 years now, but not in our cars. doesn't make sense. What about this for just argument's sake? Bluetooth. Wait, can I say mine? Oh, John didn't go. Sorry. Was it what did you say? The windshield wiper? No, I you also said the backup cam. I, this one is, is like newer, but one pedal driving where there's obviously the gas and the brake, but the gas is when you let off the gas, it actually breaks your car. So you're never actually switching back and forth between the brakes Stupid. for the most part. Chris, it's not um, until you. Is that how the Tesla it? works? Yeah. Or can you change the mode if you want? Or is no, it all, it's, it's all, automatic. it's always, yeah. And like, how do you quick break? So it, it breaks for you. There's still a break. But if you, like, if you, like, let off the gas quickly, it'll slow down pretty quickly and you can still use the brake. Hey, basically, me- when you're, when you're coming up your to mind. a car, you can just gonna... let go of the pedal and it'll break for you. So when I went off the gas on my car, it also slows down. 
No, but it won't. You have to step on the brake. Yeah. I don't. So do you. If, no. if it, you I can. I think electric. You if you have to quick brake, well, if somebody cuts you off, you can't just run off the gas pedal. You have to brake. Yeah, I mean, well, it like the, the Tesla would be smart enough where it would realize they're going to crash into a car and brake for you. But if I'm like going down the highway and I just take my foot off the gas really hard, it wouldn't slam on the brakes, but it would slow pretty considerably. Anyways. I think part I think part of that. So number one, I'm going to say that shouldn't be on the Mount Rushmore because it's too confusing. Uh, but number two, I, what I was going to say was that I'm pretty sure that's a necessary feature on electric vehicles because you need to brake in order to recharge the battery. So I think there's some reason that they have that feature because maybe it Regen- regenerative braking. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, some of those new features, like the first time I got into a car with lane assist, I thought it was going to crash me, like take control of the wheel and crash me into a wall. Like those things freaked me out at first, but um, you know, ultimately it's all about safety. So I think whether it's windshield wiper, the auto braking, um, backup cam, a lot of these amenities, uh, that would be up here and considered would be safety ones. So it's kind of just pick, pick your poison. Not I go windshield wipers on there. But I think, I think Bluetooth has an argument, number one for cell phones, but two for music. Like revolutionized how I listen to music in the car or this podcast, more importantly. Oh, Bluetooth is good for obviously connecting like and transmitting sound. It is terrible for microphone. Bluetooth microphones are garbage. Did you use Bluetooth microphones in your wedding? No, I'm just curious because because we specifically are his wedding audio quality. <laughs> no, I was just asking a question if that's why he liked or didn't like I them because they... we were told by our DJ to not use Bluetooth for that exact reason. There's too much yeah, feedback, too much interference. I don't know what yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what we used at the but yeah. Blue well, yeah, I was watching this thing too. Like Bluetooth is just because it the way it transmits data, it's just not like it can't satisfy the data requirements to transmit sound well. So none of us are using Bluetooth microphones. Right so we've got so we've got to recap so far on the Mount Rushmore, we've got Wally, Super Nintendo, and Backup Cam. And now we're moving to a futuristic technology that you hope to have in your lifetime. And we'll go back to Chris for this one. All right. This was the harder one for me because Honestly, I feel like most of the technology I would ever really want, we already have. But I went with a washer, a washer dryer combo for your clothes. There needs to, or something that can fold them, just something to fully eliminate. Like I want to put my clothes in a machine and then have them folded and done on the other side. I don't want to touch them in between. So I think that's reasonable. A washer dryer combo. We still have to move them over but maybe we can get something that can fold them too. Pretty sure those exist. Yeah, it's called a maid. <laughs> it's called a yeah, takeaway laundry service. But I'm pretty sure, I think I I was pretty positive that the washer-dryer combo already existed. Well, it needs to be more readily available then. Mainstream, yeah. That's terrible. Think big, Chris. John, that's... What do you do more than laundry? I do laundry like three times a week. What? 
I do everything more than laundry. Didn't we do a, a Mount Rushmore of chores or we did something of chores? Stink draft. Um, yeah, folding laundry was in there. Yeah, laundry was on there. I think it was the worst. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it is. So, point it. case. Thank you. I respect no. case. John, my, um, I'm saying, and it's actually right on the cusp within our lifetime, quantum computing. All right, no Wait, what, what do we need that for, John? Not new hair. <laughs> no, quantum I'm sorry. Quantum computing will blow your mind. I don't necessarily know the details behind it, but it basically increases the computing power like a million fold. So part of the issue that we're seeing nowadays, we, the Royal, we is there are bad actors out there. Governments say that are taking these databases that they're not able to hack into through like brute computing force. And they're just saving that information out there because they know that one day, once quantum computing comes more readily available, we'll have the CPU power to be able to hack into these databases is basically like being able to do a million fold the data processing that we can today, which just opens up the possibilities are endless. So quantum computing. It just sounded like a Miss Universe contestant answering like a political <laughs> science question. I don't know anything you just said. You just <laughs> say quantum computing. Fast. Yeah, just throw in enough like quantum and computing in a sentence and it will sound intelligent. <laughs> This thing you said explained it. His eyes just like went huge. John was frankly googling like futuristic no, no. technology. No, that's yeah, we're not picking that quantum... one, Andrew. What do you got? <laughs> um. All right. So for me, futuristic technology. I'm gonna pull. Uh, I think one of the coolest things I've ever seen in TV. On the big screen was in uh, the Matrix, the original Matrix, when Neo first gets into um, like the real world, whatever you want to call it, um, and he's on the ship, and they put him in the chair, and he goes into the training room, and they're just downloading like, oh yeah, you know, karate, um, flying an airplane, like they're downloading information directly into his brain. That I think is one of the coolest and scariest things, and that's exactly what I think Elon Musk is trying to do with. Um, uh, Neuralink essentially is with those monkeys is be able to tap into the brain number one and then number two be able to pull push and pull information from it. Um, so I think that would be cool. Monkeys, are you talking about what he's testing this with Neuralink? Have you been followed any of that or whatever it's called? No, that is the right answer, Andrew, but it's like, yeah, terrifying what that could lead to. Yeah, it's not no, like anybody sure. can do anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like or forget or like delete what like memories like you could delete yeah. or change memories like it's very, very scary. But I think, you know, my number two was cars that the color can change like on demand. You could just change the color of your exterior car with a push of a button. Yeah, I had this idea. It's a little bit safe, safer, I think. Off of that, I don't know how I had this idea like a while ago. I don't think it'll ever happen. But like same thing with walls in your house. There should be a way where instead of painting, you can like push a button and your wall changes color. But who would do that? Technology is not there, obviously. 
Why would you would do, do that? that? What do you mean? Instead of like painting your house, your inside of your house all the time, or clothes? Like you could buy one set of clothes and just change them, like have it change color throughout the day. Or I, I think I would buy it. Even Shredder's clothes gun thing from the other episode, like that would be sweet. Yeah. How about hologram? The hologram generator. You know, we know what technology that is in our lifetime that was mind blowing was the Snapchat face filter things. Yeah. Talk about quantum computing. <laughs> so what are we are we considering any of those? I like the we one I like yours that downloads stuff to your brain. I don't know if I want that though, but it is the it's better than what I said. What did I say? I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the washer dryer combo, which I would like, but apparently already exists, so my idea's out. Any like uh any other thoughts that maybe weren't mentioned that would be in there? Because I like my pick, but it sounds like John's not convinced. No, I, I'm, I mean, I like my pick as well, but that would be, it would, I feel like it would just call into question a lot of ethical issues potentially. Yeah. And but if you're going I, in our lifetime, then I don't have anything else that I would think yeah, would be. Better. I would say that. I'd go with that. All right. It's kind of a rough Mount Rushmore, but what we have. For the Mount Rushmore of advanced technology, we have Wally as the ultimate motion picture robot. We have Super Nintendo as the ultimate video game system. We have backup cams as the ultimate car amenity. And we have Neuralink download function or whatever you want to call it, upload directly to your brain as the ultimate futuristic technology. Yeah. And that concludes our Mount Rushmore. So when we left, the recap uh april had just unveiled rex one the robot enforcement experiment robot cop she finds the remote so she it's it's very much a frankenstein scene we've seen this before when crane got his android body we got the body under a sheet it's pulled back so she discovers rex one is elated and then sees the controller right next to him so what's the first thing she does she picks it up and starts pushing buttons Typical, typical <laughs> reporter. Just, you know, create her own story when it's not there. Typical reporter. Yep. So she pushes the buttons. It wakes Rex one up and he starts saying some things that maybe don't seem important at the time. But one of them being that she is her, his handler or, you know, she turned on the, the controller, the remote. So therefore he is to serve and protect her as his handler right so that's one thing that he mentions there is she perhaps the remote controller <laughs> perhaps <laughs> it is it's funny how and it's i think it's just a sign of the times that this was created in but every technology they have has to have a remote that controls it like it's just like they were beyond the thought of having something sentient on its own Every little gadget has like a controller for it. Yeah, like a master master controller. Yeah. It is true. Um, and as April's doing that and she pulls out her camera and to start recording because she wants, again, the whole point of this is for her to do a story of the century on the crime in New York City. So what better way to then share a scoop on these new robot enforcement experiments? So she's rolling the camera. And then lo and behold, who enters the room? The security guards that she was evading from earlier. 
Um, and in, in kind of the scurry and commotion, the threatening from the security guards to call the police, Rex one who's standing behind them comes in and I think he picks one of them up and says like the police have already, the police are already here. Hmm. Um, so he scares off the security guards, guards. Meanwhile, um, April takes off and is basically like, okay, I got the footage I need. I'm out of here. She leaves him on, like doesn't even turn him off. Just like wants to leave. But what happens is she drops the controller and Rex sees it. Rex one sees it, grabs it, and then jumps out of the window on what, what do we have? Like 30 stories, 20 stories. I don't know how high up they are, but somehow he jumps out. And then April who had just left seconds before is already downstairs on the street. So it's either a very high jump or it's immediately like you just walk out the door and you're up, up out the window. The worst hiding attempt by April I've ever seen in my life. She had under a table that had no like tablecloth on it or anything. It was right in front of the door. And then knocked over the only metal bucket that was underneath <laughs> that to immediately give, give away her location. And then just says, I'm April from Channel 6 or whatever she said when they like, caught her. I don't remember. Yeah, she says uh, she tries to do the whole um, news reporter. That's why she broke into a building and is messing around with this police equipment. And they say, we don't care. You're about to be under arrest by the cops. And that's when Rex one steps in. So it sets it up pretty well for a um, intimidating scene with Rex one. Cause that we see how tall he is. He's, you know, normal standards. He's probably close to eight or nine feet tall, I would guess just based on, I think they, yeah, at some point they say he's seven feet tall, seven feet tall. Okay. Um, so in, in the street now, Rex is essentially telling April, Hey, you left your controller. I need to stay with you because you're, my handler. Um, and she's like, no, 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 I'm just heading home. And he's like, well, I'm taking you home. So he picks her up on his right shoulder and walks her down the street back to her apartment where he then cooks dinner for her. So not only is he, um, the police, you know, as they're trying to solve this crime issue, they're very focused on not only, um, brute strength and force in the robot, but also their culinary skills for whatever reason. So, um, so he comes back to her apartment, cooks her dinner, which she enjoys. And then Irma, love struck Irma, walks in the door. <laughs> and immediately she's enamored with Rex One. So whatever April did for a pep talk, she's now got her sights set on Rex One. Yeah, the they really play up like the love interest in this robot and it's kind of odd. Yeah, kind of like a bad friend move by Irma to walk in on what you would presume. Like, if you're Irma, you would have to think that Rex, if he's with, if he's with anyone, is with April. And then she's instantly hitting on him, like, in the living room. But what is Irma's thing with just weird creatures? Because she, didn't she fall for, or she was talking about Bigfoot when we first were introduced to her. How she would be into Bigfoot if he was real, and now she's into robots and burglars she's just got the worst taste in men apparently that accordion playing guy oh yeah just yeah the, just at the uh the italian the garibaldi john comparing italians to bigfoot interesting hmm. what's weird about an italian guy i didn't say there was anything i'm just we're rattling off Irma's 
notches in the belt. Anyway, he played a freaking accordion, and he had the red striped shirt. And he might as well have been in Venice on one of those canoe things. Gondola, John. Gondola. 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 So, um, so Armor drops in. She's enamored with Rex. Um, and then immediately after that, or soon after, we hear another knocking at the door, and it happens to be the security guards from the police warehouse that somehow tracked April back to her apartment. Again, these are just security guards. They're not police officers. So they're doing a, yeah. a house call. It reminds me of the, like, when you're playing GTA by City, and you have three stars, and the cops are chasing you, and then you think you're in the clear, and all of a sudden they just banging down the door on you. It's like they're the most diligent police officers ever. Diligent until they see the destruction from Rex One's blaster. So April is heading towards the door, um, or Rex is heading towards the door, and April intercepts him and says, "No, no, no! Like it'll be fine. I'll talk to him." And he basically says, "No, I will." So then he stands in front of the door, and as they're counting down, because they give her, they give April a warning. I'm going to count to when I get to three. You better open the door or else. So they're counting. They get to two and a half. They say three. They gave her one last warning, and Rex just pulls out one of his blasters, hits the door, which blows a hole in it, and then we see the two security guards. Again, this is just the episode of intimidation because just like the goons earlier were intimidated by the brute strength of the turtles, the security guards are now intimidated by Rex one, and they take off, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of issues in April's apartment over the episodes. Furniture all seems to be back though. Things are okay. Well, yeah, turtles got it, except the TV. I guess would be the only thing that was broken. Hmm. And this is where we learn that Rex One must remain with his controller. So he then follows April because she leaves the apartment and wants to bring him to the turtles' lair because she doesn't know really how to. F- remedy the situation she doesn't want a robot following her around but she doesn't know what to do with him because she technically stole him from the police so she's in a predicament um and then we the scene opens up in in the layer and this is before april has really introduced rex to the turtles so rex is uh i wouldn't say fighting with the turtles but he comes in um, and he's just very aggressive and, and engages with the turtles or, or the turtles engage with him. And he's basically just like, again, picking him up with one hand and, and brushing him off. Um, and then what we see is essentially in that scene, we've got Splinter and the turtles talking to April and April's giving him the backstory uh, of how Rex one came to be in, in their life. Um, and basically it wraps up with April's asking the turtles for help. She needs, she needs a plan. She needs to somehow remedy the situation. We don't know yet what that plan is, but in the immediate next scene, we have the turtles scaling the channel six news building and they're not using Chris. The suction cups from previous yeah. episodes. So big faux pas by the writers here. Because I feel like it would have been a perfect place to pull those back out. Yeah. Channel 6 news building, yet again, a different style animation building. It looks completely different than every other episode. Every time you see it, it's a different building. Yeah, much like the sewer. So they're still working through. And I think, honestly, it's not until the end of this season, in the beginning of season three, that we get consistency with the layer 
channel six and all that sort of stuff. There was a funny moment when Rex picks up Donnie by his nape or I guess the top of his shell and Leo goes to hit his hit him with his sword and he like is like shaking and like dinging it down. He's like, what did you do? That made me laugh. Yeah, I like that scene. So in, <laughs> I mean, it's a good scene. Dead on yeah. dead I, I mean, it's a good scene, but it's uh, like a couple scenes ago, John. Oh, well, right? you went right from the thing. No, it was right before they start climbing up the scale on the thing. Oh, yeah, before they scale the building. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to get my comments in. So they get up in the building and we find that um, the plan is focused on Vernon come to find out so leonardo blindfolds vernon who's in like the tv editing room or some room with a bunch of screens i think and um so leonardo and michelangelo kidnap him um, and take him back to the lair and what they're doing back at the in the sewer is they're recording an interview with april and rex one that they're then going to stream live on the channel six news without burn having any knowledge of what's going on. And what's yes. funny about this scene is they try to keep Vernon blindfolded the whole time. So they want him to shoot, to record the interview, but he's blindfolded. So it sets up for this really goofy scene where Donatello takes the camera and then he basically tells the turtles to do something funny. Like any teenager I think would like, it's pretty accurate to what a teenager would say. Like, Hey, I have this video camera do something funny. And so it goes around. I can't remember who does what, but Mikey like does a silly face. Leo does like a dance. I can't remember, but it's just a really weird kind of like out of place, but in the same sense, reminding you that they are in fact teenagers and not full fledged adults. So why, why did they blind? I assume they blindfold Vern so he doesn't see the turtles. Like why? Yeah, I think he's blindfolded. So he can't see how to get to their layer. But hasn't he been? Oh, he's been in the been sewers, in the sewers. Not to the lair. He's been in the sewers, but he's never been to the lair. And I think they're still trying to protect the integrity of how to get there, even though, even though um, April has brought now, you know, I think multiple things back back to the lair, including Rex One. It's also a sex joke that was hidden, not so easily within this scene. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but when Vern. <clears throat> Vern? What's his name? Vernon. That's Vern. Vernon. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yep. When he has the camera and he, he's wearing the blindfold and he goes, I've never done this blindfolded before. And Mikey goes, Well, you just got to be open to different, you know, experiences. Experiences. Yeah. 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 That is true. Mikey. Dirty, dirty Mikey. Um, so we get the goofy, the goofy stuff um, out of the way. And then Donnie keeps the camera. And they record. It's a very brief interview. So for all this effort to get Vernon there, it's very brief and quick. Um, but what happens in the whole, I think the whole setup for this is so that Shredder, who, again, has only been seen in the very first scene here where his plan was to steal one of these robots and then clone them and reprogram them so that he had his own robot army. Shredder conveniently intercepts or, or catches April's news report. That also, um, as I mentioned earlier, like un unbeknownst to her boss, Bern Thompson, is airing live on 
you know, at least local television. So Shredder catches that report. So he's elated because he, it's kind of weird here. So he's elated because I think he knows and it's been confirmed that Rex one exists. So what he does is he just hacks into the city record. So he uses his quantum computer <laughs> to hack into city records for Rex one blueprints, which he could have been doing from the very beginning turns out, but maybe he didn't have enough information, but he hacks in, he, he gets the blueprints and then he's got a replicator in the warehouse. I'm assuming because he starts replicating them and we're seeing this evil army very quickly being uh, generated. So this is a direct throwback to what happened in the Mausers episode, except he actually waits to have, you know, critical mass to send these out and not just send one or two like he did with the Mausers. Yeah. He's learned from his mistakes, which I can appreciate. I had on here too that, yeah, he was basically just like the channel six news popped up on his giant screen, which is just like, did he, was he just watching the news on his big TV? He's got like that. He's got that two way camera too. So you never know with, with shredder. He can like interact with live TV. Yeah. Um, And the photo he shows the robots of the turtles is a very funny. They're just standing there like staring blankly at the camera, all four of them. And he just holds it up and is like, these are the bad guys. Yeah. So that, so, and that's in, in reference to, um, when he gives the destruction command to the evil robots, um, he shows them a, a physical picture. And, and I thought it was funny too. And I was thinking more like, where would he get a picture of just the four turtles in just like a room, like being like <laughs> brothers with a, like a white background? Like, where is he pulling this stuff? From? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Um, but he does show them, he does show them the photo and he says, essentially seek and destroy the turtles. So we've heard this one before um, many a time so far through season two. Um, and what happens next is the turtles are shown driving over a bridge after returning Vernon either back home or back to channel six. Not entirely sure, but as they're crossing the bridge and Chris, is that accurate to any bridge in Manhattan? Uh, I didn't. So I believe that's <clears throat> the interstate bridge that they tried to destroy. Yeah. Previously. It says they fall into the East river. I didn't look up which bridge goes over the East river. Yeah. But drawing wise, it doesn't look like anything in particular that I'm aware of. At least. Okay. I, I was just curious from a, from a, um, architectural standpoint, but so they are, they're driving on the bridge, um, and then to the front of them. So in front of them, um, they see the marching evil robot clones coming at them and donatello mentions specifically that they're outnumbered three to one which seems like way more than three to me but yeah that means there's at least 12 (laughs) yeah and it looked like there was way more so also um, this is like super artsy animation that happens while they're driving on the bridge where they like show a camera from the back seat that then like fades out and blurs and then goes to the robots did you guys notice that I didn't catch that, but it is quite, it's like actually pretty impressive. To be honest. Yes. Yeah. There's a couple good like shots in this episode, like artsy, even like in the beginning with splinter in the tunnel and it like zooms in, he's a silhouette. Yeah. Well, in that scene, uh, what happens is the turtles, um, try to channel their inner splinter. And I think Leo or somebody just mentions that sometimes, 
there isn't a, like the best plan is to run. And so they go to reverse the turtle van, um, but they're flanked by more robots. So they're kind of trapped in between, you know, the army of robots um, facing imminent death because they've got their blaster guns. And in fact, one or two of them shoot the blaster and it vaporizes the entire bridge or a section of the bridge, I should say. So there's a big hole in front of them. And then let's say a few dozen robots, at least to the front and the back. So the turtles just decide they're going to drop into the East river through that hole in the turtle van and, uh, and escape, which they do. One of the funnier turtleisms, they Leo yells turtle power and then just drives the van straight through a hole <laughs> into the water. Like as he's saying it, this is the funniest thing. And I thought this was setting up because there is an episode where the turtle van goes into the water and then it turns into basically like a submarine or, Damn, or ship nice. where it can propel itself. I thought this is where we're going to see the first glimpse of that, but instead they just like fall Splash into the river, right? Like a yeah. lead balloon. Um, and then immediately, so bad robot here, the one of the, the lead robot calls back to shredder. Um, and says that he reports no sign of the turtles never confirmed that they were killed just confirms that there's no sign of them which shredder who is referring to himself now as emperor shredder um i don't know if you guys caught that emperor shredder no reason why it's just like funny that he did it yeah like you could it's just give yourself whatever title you want your king for a day emperor shredder so emperor shredder um now wants to move things to phase two because the turtles in his mind are destroyed. That was phase one. Phase two apparently is just looting the city bank and shooting up channel six. Fuck yeah. That's what emperors do. Emperors be emperors. Yeah, just chaos. But I thought the channel six one was particularly funny because the robot, two, two or three of them open the door and it's Burn and Vernon in like the news editing room. And they just come in and like one of them just like blasts the, the <laughs> computer or the TV screen that he's working on and then they they say something and then they leave like they're just there to wreak havoc. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite funny. Yeah. I also love how like shredder is incapable of like dividing his forces. He just commands everybody at once. It's like everybody go get the turtles. Now everybody loot the city. He just yeah. can't, he can't multitask. Yeah, yeah. He can't multitask. At all. Compartmentalize bad manager. I mean, yeah, bad manager, bad emperor. Um, and meanwhile, while that's going on, the chaos is happening in the city. Splinter, April, and Rex One are back at the lair still um, while the turtles were out bringing Vernon back, and they're watching TV, um, and they're seeing all the chaos happen. So Splinter, I think, you know, has some, some wisdom, some sage uh, premonition about danger for the turtles uh, but they can't contact for whatever reason and i think it's because simultaneously as they're trying to contact the turtles is when all this stuff is happening with um the bridge scene but regardless april splinter and rex one cannot get in contact or can't get a hold of the turtles which happens i mean we've all been there um i think this is too where um Sorry, I just took like a big breath there. So it's going to sound terrible for the, the audio listeners here. But um, I think this is where April basically says something about like 
something about her feelings being heard or like she's like sad or something and Splint and Splinter is basically like April there's a time for feelings and there's a time for action and now's the time for action basically just roasting the shit out of April yeah she said she's like I got a bad feeling about this and that's when he says that one yeah yeah it's a shame actually because um, especially since April can't get a hold of the turtles she doesn't have her phone and if you didn't have your phone you wouldn't be able to stream TMNT Shellcast on all major podcast platforms or YouTube. Chris, how do you enjoy consuming the show? You're a YouTube guy. I, right? I, so I'm a, I'm a twofer. I listen to it on uh, Apple Podcasts, which I hate, by the way, but I'm just stuck. They like changed it like two years ago, how it kind of functions, and it's the worst now, but I still use it. And then I like to go back and look at the audio on YouTube. After I watch, so what I do is I watch the previous week's episode and then I watch the episode of the turtles that we're like going to record next. So I do a little double feature. Wow. Nice. So everybody else should do that too. John, how about you? What platform do you use? I'm, I'm on Spotify exclusively. Although I should look if I'm subscribed on Apple podcasts as well. I can double check there, but yeah, I use Spotify, which is my preferred music source. Very good. I'm a little bit of everything, but um, unfortunately, I also default to Apple Podcasts, which I despise their platform. It doesn't update well. It downloads things I don't want it to, but um, it's the most user-friendly for me. I do like, I encourage people to check the YouTube because um, what we've done with the YouTube is we've broken up and actually linked to the specific timestamp for each of the segments. So that's one cool way to be able to um, inter, you know, engage a little bit more. And, and we do have some cool audiovisual. John, thank you for just putting the ticker on. You haven't had it? Yeah, I know. I realized it wasn't on. Um, but you can find all this information. The, the other thing I wanted to point people to, um, and actually uh, timely, because John, why don't you give us an update on the TikTok? Sound, it sounds like things are going swimmingly. Yeah. Swimmingly would be an understatement. We, some might say went viral. Some might not say also that we went viral. Some might say we didn't go viral. But we, one the video that I laugh every time I watch has over 2,000 views, about 40 likes. It's fantastic. A little self-deprecating humor in it. But you'll have to go to at TMNT Showcast on TikTok to see what that one is. The social media finally taking off. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, you know, and TikTok's hot in the streets. Yeah, so. TikTok's hot. Exactly. Chris, how about Twitter? What uh, what did Team NT Shellcast feature on Twitter this week? Uh, a lot of Twitter action. Um, <laughs> to be honest, had a little bit of a long weekend, but I know the Twitter poll went up. Um, I believe, Andrew, did you link the what you had put on Instagram, the haiku? Um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we well, should we should mm. probably we should probably be a little bit more. Um, need some cross promotional action. Yeah, aware. So what um, what I did on Twitter, so we're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Team NT Shellcast. Um, John handles the TikTok primarily. Um, Chris is involved as well. Chris handles the Twitter primarily, but I'm involved in that as well. And then um, I'm the lead on Instagram. And this week on Instagram. Um, 
shared uh, our new Vinny's um, pizza scoreboard for the first time. So I check like that pizza out. Scoreboard looks incredible. Pizza sco- scoreboard's pretty cool. Um, so that was Chris's all sauce post. I also, I think it was yesterday, last night, um, I, I made a post on um, AI generated all sauce or team all sauce. AI generated. So there's four photos there from mid journey. Uh, pretty cool. So trying to get some people engaged there, you know, I have yeah, a question. And one more Chris's thing. favorite. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to say just to give you another pat on the back, John. And since we had a Mount Rushmore episode this week, John put it together a Mount Rushmore graphic, which you can find on the Twitter. I'm sure we'll have another one coming this week since we just did one. But if you want to catch our uh, recap of the Mount Rushmore of states, you can find that on the Twitter as well. Yeah, we're just constantly continuous improvement. I got the right font for the graphics <laughs> now, which is great. But what I was going to say is, Chris, based on your pizza, the all sauce pizza from last episode, what would you say is maybe your favorite region of France? Is it all sauce Lorraine? <laughs> but the reason i i did want to talk about the social media a little bit more is because we feature unique content on each of them and i think i'm lagging here or maybe you guys are lagging but um so for example i do a haiku every week on the twitter so if you want to check out a haiku from that week's episode you have to go to the twitter i'm not going to talk about it on the podcast very much um, just like John's graphics, you know, that Chris was mentioning for, um, Mount Rushmore or Vinny's pizza scoreboard, those things are in their unique location. So if you want the full team NT shellcast experience, you got to go to them all. You got to go to YouTube, got to go to TikTok, got to go to Twitter, got to go to Instagram. Um, and conveniently we developed a website, tmntshellcast.com where you can find all this information. Um, it's very well organized. I put in a lot of time to make sure it's easy to follow. Um, but also the last thing I want to say about the social media, you can leave us a TurtleCom voicemail. We have yet to receive a TurtleCom voicemail. Dave, I need you to step Fuck up. Dave. You are our you you are our award winning listener, our first foot soldier, and you've still yet to leave a TurtleCom voicemail. Disappointing. Um, but however, no matter what no matter how you consume TMNT Shellcast, we just ask that you pay it forward by liking, commenting, reviewing where you can, um, and referring the show to a friend, even if they don't like TMNT, because we do other stuff here. It's not just about the Ninja Turtles. Um, you know, there's some humor in here. There's some, you know, throwback stuff. There's some current events, a whole lot of everything. It's a little bit of comedy. Um, so just tell everyone, tell all your friends. Yeah, the the... I'm just going to self-promote the TikTok because I think it's hilarious. I feel like I'm doing a great job there. Chris feels like he's the idea man, which he's I, got some I had the one of the, I didn't claim on the other stuff. Well, I'm just saying. You give me some ideas, I take them. I make them. We're blown. John's feeling a little defensive about his quantum computing <laughs> debacle. So he's doing a great job with the TikTok. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Not a debacle. Anyways, yes. Voicemails. Yeah, we, we need voicemails. them. We need them. We need yeah. some five-star reviews. I read our only five-star review with a comment from a few weeks ago. 
or from a month or so ago. So just get on there, leave something funny. We'll read it or leave something serious. I mean, we actually want feedback too. So whether you like it or don't like it, let us know in one yeah. of the outlets that we have. Tweet at us, you know, I don't know, TikTok comment, um, however that stuff like, works. Yeah, like it. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the situation with the stickers? Yeah, stickers, they're coming. I just, <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, so we'll say... We'll have stickers. Stickers are going to be. Stickers, stickers will be this week. Yeah, they'll be in April. It's a it's big April push. March. April push. So March, March will be coming. <laughs> we got We can't. I mean, we can't come out and just, you know, blow our load right, right yeah. off of that. We got to build people up. You know what I mean? And okay, give us we some need time. To focus too. on an avenue and then branch off. Yeah. Yeah. You don't so. put the leaves on the tree before the trunk is grown. <laughs> it's, what is that saying? I never heard that before. Just made that up. So, it's terrible. <laughs> splinterism. <laughs> we'll loop back, uh, talk about Twitter towards the end here, but um, yeah. getting back into the recap, um, we just left Splinter April and Rex One couldn't get a hold of the turtles who had happened to drive intentionally into the East River to escape the cloned Rex robots. Um, and and um, in that scene, after the turtles fall into the East River, um, it seems like the turtle van sinks or something because all four of them float to the surface. And then we get what I'm going to call our first educational segment on the show to date. And it's the turtles talking about themselves being amphibians, which is incorrect. We've mentioned that before but then they talk about like pollution and like their natural habitat and it's like 30 seconds of dense information that's way out of place because they never talk about educational information at any other point in any other episode yeah a very forced scene this is kind of when i at the beginning of the episode when i talked about like commentaries on society they're like it's i think the exact line is when are people going to realize this is their water supply and then it just cuts out of the scene very corny, but again, a sign of the environment that New York was in at the time. Probably still isn't. I don't know how the East River's doing, but probably pretty polluted. But with that semi-educational banter, that brings us to our next segment, which is buy or sell. And for this buy or sell, I'm going to present John and Chris with a fact that has to do with a reptile or an amphibian. So it's inspired by the fact that this is now the third or fourth time on the show it's been mentioned that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are amphibians when they're in fact reptiles. So what I thought would be fun here, uh, and this will be relatively quick, but I have, let's say 10 or so facts. So I'm gonna read the fact, then you guys will take turns buying or selling the fact we can elaborate on, and then you can make a guess on is it reptile or is it amphibian? Does that work? Or is that yeah? Too so, complex? buy or sell the fact as in it's real or it's fake? Um, like a made up fact, yeah. How about this buy or sell the fact being true for reptiles? Okay, got it. Okay, right? Because that's what we're, yeah, I'm trying to push away the amphibian uh info, but I'm gonna mix in some amphibian facts so you guys got to sniff out and and debate. Uh, if you're buying or selling. So true, buy, 
false for reptile is a cell. Okay. And we begin. The oldest known or, or the oldest discovered, let's say, um, version of a reptile is 99 million years old. And its first, let's say predecessor is Yaksha Peretti. So 99 million years old is the first time we see reptiles and it's of the species Yaksha Peretti. That's false. Dinosaurs are way older than that. Yeah, I'm selling that. So. All right. And you'd be correct because the oldest known reptile is actually 312 million years old. So basically three times older than amphibians. And it's the Hylonomus, which was a lizard-like animal. Mm. So you guys got that one right? Um, I was just at the Natural Museum of Natural History in D.C., so these are going to be softballs. Nice. All right, how about this? 11,700 known species. You buying that for reptiles or are you selling it? Buying. Yeah, I agree with John. You'd be correct because there's only 6,000 species of amphibians. So almost double the biodiversity in reptiles, which makes sense because they're three times older. Um, How about this? Obviously. Aquatic larva stage. So as a infant. False. Are they water larva or not? For reptiles. So think think like um like tadpoles are in water. Snakes though? Snakes. Cell. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what a reptile or an amphibian is. Like a snake is we'll, an we'll, we'll get to that so. at the end. But that's the whole point of this this uh buy or sell, John. Snake snake babies don't go in water. So I know that. Cell. You'd be correct. Aquatic larva stage are amphibians only. What's a snake? A reptile? Yeah. Snake is a reptile, yes. Um, how about semi-permeable skin to absorb moisture and gases? That's an amphibian, so that's a cell for a reptile. John, cell. what do you think? Cell. John's just, John's just <laughs> leaving whatever Chris says. <laughs> All I'm uh, thinking about is how... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's correct. Semi-permeable skin is, in fact, amphibian. Um, How about this? Live birth. That is in... But not exclusive. Not exclusive. Not exclusive, but which... So do reptiles... Have live births. Have live births. What are alligators? Eggs. So reptiles lay eggs. Poop out of... So, I'm buying it. John's correct. It is a reptile fact. There is a small percentage of reptiles that give live birth. No amphibians give live birth. Name like, a reptile that gives live birth. I I, I looked it. it up earlier, but I didn't have time to, to record that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, we already did that. Lizards. That's they give live birth. The how about a forest livered or common lizard? So how about ectothermic or cold blooded? 
Reptiles are cold-blooded because they bask in the sun. Amphibians are not. So sell for reptiles. No, wait. They are... <laughs> You're asking if they are cold-blooded? Reptiles are cold-blooded is a statement. Are you buying that or selling? That is, I'm buying that. That's true. Buying that for rep... Okay. For reptiles. How about amphibians are cold-blooded? Are you buying that or selling that? Selling. I've never seen a frog basking in the sun. What do you think they do on lily pads? Get out of the water. Not to bask. <laughs> For I'm going. What's the middle? What's I'm holding. Trick question. It is a trick question because they're both cold-blooded. They're both ectotherms. John, sniff that out. Yep. Um, okay, how about this? This is my finale because it's uh, probably the most interesting to me. Um, reptiles. Uh, how should I word this? Reptiles experience metamorphosis in their life cycle. The fuck is metamorphosis? You change like your shape. Yeah, it's not like just a... like a miniature version of the adult. It's actually like a different oh. creature. So for a reptile... so like a like oh, a yeah. caterpillar to a butterfly or something like that. I'm gonna say f- sell for a reptile. So you're yeah, saying reptiles do not do metamorphosis. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Amphibians do. Amphibians do. Yeah. Yep. So that's um, that's that. I had a couple other things noteworthy in here. So um, all reptiles have scales, every single one of them. So that's the main difference in skin. They have scales, and then amphibians have that semi-permeable skin. Um, smallest reptile. A tiny gecko. What size do you guys think it is? Um, say what we, what, what's our measuring unit? Inches. Tail to head. Inches in this one. John said a centimeter. Yeah. So that's two, two and a half inches. I'm going in. No, and other half. way around. Huh? No, it's one centimeter is less than an inch. One inch is 2.5 centimeters. Yes. Yeah. Less than an inch. Inch and a half. Inch and a half, Chris. Uh, it's, a, it's actually 0.7 inches, so about three-quarters of an inch. How about the largest, the saltwater crocodile? It's the largest saltwater crocodile gets up to. And this is in feet. feet. This Fucking is in feet. huge. 20. I've seen some bangers in Florida. Um, yeah, Those I'm going to say 25 yeah. feet. 40 feet. 40? Yeah. No. 20. John, there's also no crocodiles in Florida. They're alligators. That's false. There actually are crocodiles in in uh, Florida. Are there? I are they that. Water, though? Um, I don't know they're about that. Crocodiles. I, I think they might be freshwater. Yeah, saltwater ones are the big ones in like Africa and Australia. Yeah, those. Were, so nineteen point seven feet. So Chris was right at twenty. Nailed it. Um, but then, as you mentioned, snakes are also reptiles. Um, for amphibians, you're, we're talking about. Um, did I write this down? I thought I did, but it's not here. I looked it up. Uh, newts, so frogs, toads, newts, whatever any WT is, and then in salamander is one. I probably should ask you that if salamander was a reptile, but it's actually an amphibian. Interesting. A newt's like a newt? fatter salamander, I think. Yeah, they're also um, like usually 
like uh what am i trying to say here um like a really dry cookie that's wrapped around frito <laughs> fig fig new all Giant right well, start landing today <laughs> well, anyway, that wraps up wraps up uh buy or sell and that brings us back to our recap where um, we're kind of in the final scene or so here, but the turtles, we last saw them emerging from the East river to talk about being amphibians, which we know is not true. Um, but what happens is the turtles then try to contact April and wait, so they're reptiles. They are reptiles. Turtles are reptiles. Oh, turtles. I was thinking they were frogs. <laughs> yeah, frogs are amphibians. Yeah, yeah. Why did I think they were frogs? I'm all fucked up here. It's Probably from frog. the invasion of the punk frogs from the last episode. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. In, in any event, the turtles can't get a hold of April either. So what happens is April um, somehow gets in the turtle van. Did you guys notice this? So the turtles I, drive yeah. into the East River, yeah, but somehow April's in the turtle van. No explanation how Splinter got it. Yeah. The only thing I could think is that it sunk to the bottom and then started going into the sewer system and they somehow got it in the fucking sewers. Or they just have more than multiple. They could. They could. Uh, Either way, April and Splinter um, and Rex One are driving the turtle van. They're stopped by the same robots that had just intercepted the turtles. Rex One confronts the evil robots um, and actually is doing fairly well and fighting him off before a statue is like shot and knocked over and falls upon him. So he goes down. um, But fortunately the turtles are right there. So the turtles emerge, we get the theme music and fight scene that we all deserve. um, And classic Leo just tossing his katana left and right. He cuts down some power lines in this um, scene to electrocute all the evil robots. Uh, and in my mind, short circuit all of them. So he defeats them single handedly, basically. Not only single handedly, he like tells all the other turtles to stand back. Yeah. So he just goes hero mode. He's like, "Well, I got this by myself." Takes but me. he called like John with his meatball pizza last episode. He, Theo calls a shot and he delivers. Uh, very quick fight scene, like not nothing to it. Um, so with the evil turtle, or the evil robots dead or short circuited, Rex one. Um, is uncovered from the statue fragments and he appears to be dead but um, Donnie and the turtles take him back to the lair and fix him up by using spare parts a variety of spare parts some from the tv some from vhs tapes um, but basically just frankensteins him back to life um and and the main thing that Donnie put into him was a ability for Rex one to control and supersede the programming that shredder has put into his clones. That makes sense. So that's really the whole Genesis of Donnie and Rex one going down is so that Donnie can reprogram him, but the reprogramming does not work because what happens is the turtles lure the evil robots to the carnival or amusement park by way of fireworks. I don't know. Was this released on 4th of July? We should, we should look that up. Um, so he lures like for Christmas. Okay. So he lures the robot. They lure the robots with the fireworks. Um, and what the turtles try to do is like turn Rex on 
essentially turn on that manipulator that, that Donnie installed to then control all of the clones. But it doesn't work. He's reciting movie lines. Um, so he, <laughs> you know, something got reversed in there. So instead, um, the turtles, they hop on a carousel and try to distract the clones while Donnie is, is tinkering with Rex one. Um, and so as Donnie's tinkering, he leans into the aerobics tape mix up, um, and overloads all the evil robots by getting to do calisthenics or whatever aerobic exercises. Um, and then this episode ends with April in a very promiscuous robe. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, a lot of skin showing, but she's watching her new segment. So she's back, back in her apartment. She's got her stuff. She's watching herself on the, on the, uh, screen and she gets, a uh, impromptu interruption from Irma who asks her to go on a double date. And when, when April declines, um, especially since she's kind of bummed out, she really liked Rex, um, or seems like she really liked Rex. So she's just taking it easy. Um, but in comes Rex one, that's who Irma's going on the date with to the movies. Um, and then they all leave and have a great night. Yeah. Overall, a little, little disappointed in the final fight scene here. It was a little too outlandish for me. I like the more, I don't know. I know it's cartoon, but I like the a little bit more realistic than like fireworks and, and riding a carousel around, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, also not my favorite episode. I mean, I'm just going to say it the last couple have been downers. Like ever since we left invasion of the punk frogs and where we got a good um, introduction of a new character, like the plots have just been really soft and hollow in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. agree. Um, But there were turtleisms in this episode. So John, since this is your favorite segment, why don't you lead us off in turtleisms? I... The one I remember was a Mondo notion, I think. But that's, yeah, I kind of fell down on this one again. <laughs> Radical notion I got. Uh, yeah. Chris, did you take any of them this time? I or did. No? I, don't know. I think I missed a couple, but I had right. Dynamite, Dynamite Catch, Mikey said. Radical notion dude was Mikey. I, I don't know if this counts, but we always says, like, we'll go down fighting. So when they're in the van, he said, we'll go yeah. down fighting bravely like true Ninja Turtles. He's so dramatic all the time. And then he gave a turtle power when they were flying off the bridge into the river. But I feel like I missed a couple. Yeah. Uh, Mikey had a bunch again. Chrome plated dude. Boogie on home. Totally awesome. Radical notion. Tough tamales. That I like that one. Tough tamales. Tin man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leo. Tin man. I like yeah. That. Leo had um, oversized tin can, turtle power, and then April, I just put scoop. She said scoop a couple times, and I think it's um, noteworthy. So hmm. that concludes turtleisms. Now I'd like to do, let's do villain power ranking, and then we'll do Twitter poll into pizza time. How does that sound? Works for me. me. All right. So this episode is John's pulling up the new villain power ranking. Um, I'm considering, what do we call them? Evil, what'd you call them, John? Evil robots? I call them Rex One clones. Rex One clones. Really the only new villain 
Um, and then we had obviously Shredder active. We've had, we had Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang briefly. So as usual, let's discuss, are we moving anyone from the main villain power ranking board, the top 10? I mean, they were, nobody was really involved at all. Shredder, yeah. I guess, had a plan, but I don't know if that counts to move anybody around for the existings. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't think anyone moves because there was not enough, not enough to warrant it in my mind. Yeah, John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Shredder was kind of—I don't know—just being a kind of a dink in whatever layer he was at, just pushing buttons. But I guess he did put the army together. But I still think not a lot of movement, so I'm fine keeping everything where the where it is. All right, so top ten as it stands has actually been this way for a couple episodes now. But we've got Baxter, Shredder, Krang. Mutant Plant and the Eye of Sarnoth Monsters. That that's one through five, and then six through ten is Pizza Monsters, Bebop and Rocksteady, General Trag and Granitor, the Roadkill Rodneys, and then rounding out the top ten are the Mausers. Oh, yeah. So, doesn't break the top ten. Where would we slot overall? What did you think of the Rex one from a uh, villain villain score john um i thought i mean they did a pretty good job trapping the turtles on the bridge but also lost points because they immediately said that the turtles were dead not dead i guess but no longer in sight i forgot how they phrased it but i don't know i feel like i feel like they were more effective than the roadkill rodby's no way. Yeah. They got jazzercised to death. Yeah, that's true. They also they didn't did ever was, capture anyone. They just yeah, they, almost they trapped did. the turtles, kind of. They trapped the turtles and then gave them their escape route. And then they robbed a bank. Yeah. So like to, the turtle gang did the. Yeah. The Cricket Ninja Turtle game. Yeah. yeah to me, they were in that vein, that and or like the, the punks from episode one where they caused destruction to the city, but they weren't effective in pursuing the turtles in my mind all right so yeah. not in the top 10 so in my mind they're a reserve is what i would what i would say so the villain reserves john or chris do you want to run through who we have on here yeah so we've got in the villain reserves we've got omnis knucklehead uh the punks the crooked ninja turtle gang who we just mentioned the anti-turtle attack squad who i mentioned earlier the foot soldiers who haven't appeared since like episode two uh, the punk frogs and the tentacle monsters or monster. I guess that would be the, that's the meatball one that came through the yeah. last episode, right? Yep. The DFL. So and in here, we'll have the Rex one clones. Somewhere. Yeah. So in my mind, I would slot them like literally right in between the punks and the crooked Ninja turtle game. Yep. I, I'd agree with that. Again, another like high potential, villain here that just did not deliver yeah john what do you what do you think i mean you had him you had him pretty high but are you yeah i guess i i don't know i kind of forgot what the rodneys did i feel like they're just flying high on old laurels i think the reason the rodneys are on the top 10 currently is because they captured bebop and rocksteady to basically bring them back or or the animals to mutate them but then they they captured shredder 
or uh, Splinter immediately when he was standing outside the Technodrome. Yeah. And then had a pretty decent fight with the Turtles before like they got Raph's sigh in his in, in their head. So the Rodneys did okay, but it's been a while. And that's why we won't do it this episode. But John, do you want to show the next screen? Here. So we're going to have a top 10, a villain reserves, which is like the bench just outside of the top 10. And now we're going to have the villain graveyard or something of this nature, which are villains who have appeared but never reappear or are just so infrequent that they don't deserve to be on a team, basically. Yeah, they're dead to us. Yep. <laughs> and then if they come back, they're zombies. <laughs> So what, we, what we'll do for the next episode is rework our top 10 and flesh out our um, villain graveyard a little bit better. Beautiful. But that concludes villain power ranking for this episode. And that brings us now to, before we get to pizza time, we are going to talk about the Twitter poll results from last week's. So last week's Twitter poll, uh, this was a question from... I think asked by John, but taken from, what was it from John originally? My brother, my brother and me Yep. podcast. Um, so the question was, if a car horn was words instead of a sound, what would it say? So I had answered, hey, with an exclamation point. Andrew had answered, fuck you. Uh, and John had said, move. So we put it out. Let's, we got, let's go from highest first place votes and then work your way to the loser for dramatic yeah. effect. So I will say only three votes this week. I got to, I got to figure something out here to get more engagement in the Twitter poll because I'm pretty sure the three votes were us. Um, <laughs> but in first place with 67% of the vote, John, 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 John I know baby. first. Wow. Again, I was surprised, a, a little suspicious when the person that asked the question went to the poll. But I guess, <laughs> John, I'll, I'll give you a moment here for a few words if you want to say anything as, as the first place winner. Yeah, I only thing I would say is that um, all three of ours were, although I guess you could probably argue Chris's wasn't, but all three of ours were negative. F you, move, and hey. I feel like there's not, we didn't have anything that was on the positive side or that could be taken both positive and negative. So that's my only comment. Does it feel good to win? It does, yeah. Especially after eating a meat, I got a belly full of meatball pizza and I'm sitting on top <laughs> of the freaking pole. It's great. Um, so Andrew came in second with 33% of the vote. Thanks for that and, vote, Chris. Yeah, and in dead fucking last is No, that was me. me that yeah, I voted for John, actually. Um I had zero percent of the vote, perhaps the lowest total anybody's ever received. I take offense to John's comment that there were no positive. That's why I chose "Hey" was because it could be like a "Hey," like friendly "Hey," what's going on, or it could be "Hey, get out of the way." So, I must say though, Chris had the first choice in that question. Yeah. I honestly he thought came I out, he came away. I thought you were going to win too, but he came away with 0%. And that that's the reason I didn't vote for Chris is because I thought hey was the most universal and he would get the yeah. most votes. Therefore I voted for John, but turns out I voted for the winner. So again, I got to rethink how I got to rethink how we do this. We got to get more engagement on the poll, which I'll work on. 
We just need more followers and or to follow more people. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But <laughs> just just a fact. Since Chris is the loser of the Twitter poll, he now must face his punishment as spinner of the pizza time. Yeah. I'm going to get Officially, screwed like I always do. I'm going to get a shit flavor and I'm going to be <laughs> eating fucking sauce pizza again. That's cold. Yeah, and Chris is mad about it, rightfully so, because Chris is the first one. We now have officially departed from the sequential order of pizza eating. It's true. This should have been Andrew's turn to eat. Should have been mine, but I skate away. So what I'm going to do now is just the pole is just. I can't. The pole is just. (laughs) I want to shuffle this bad boy. I know you're going to ask. Yeah, let me let me know once you guys can see the pizza time wheel. It's up. Yep. All right. And I just want to confirm, John, you had meatball last time, so I'm going to make sure I take that one off the wheel right now. Um, but what we do, everyone's favorite segment, pizza time. We've got 16 entries, no new pizzas from this last episode. Um, but we still have some good ones, uh, some normal ones like pepperoni and black olive. Uh, we've got mushroom and pepperoni mixed in there. So some normal stuff. And then we got some weird stuff like anchovy we've got anchovy and mint we've got sashimi peanut butter and jelly jelly beans and mushrooms jelly bean and mushroom so what is chris gonna spin what would you like to spin chris i want uh, let's get a little weird i want peanut butter and jelly i'd like to see what that would taste like what what don't you want uh the mint i fucking hate mint which i think was gazaii leaf technically but i love mint in fruit salad I don't love it. I like it's a nice touch, but I don't. I could do without it. All right. And then you want a single shuffle, a couple shuffles. What are you thinking? Uh, give me one. Give me two shuffles. One, two. Ooh, the mushrooms are right next. Mushrooms to each other. and the anchovies are right next to each other too. Damn. All right. And away we go. We're spinning. We're playing great music. This is the Chris gets past mint and he gets everything. Supreme pizza. Oh, that's easy. Oh, this is a this is a good one. Like a reward almost. Yeah. Is that what is that? Everything minus green vegetables. This one has the green. There's another everything on there without the green vegetables. So Chris skates by and gets a uh, everything pizza easy. Gets a softball. Yeah. Deluxe supreme. Wheel wheel pizza wheel don't lie. You know. Should have won the poll anyway. So, all do right. Do you have a question for John? Do you have one ready? You, yeah. Do you want me to read it? I got a couple actually. I'm trying to think. Um. Well, while you're doing that, let me just um. Let me just mention that we have been busy. All of us have been busy. We've got some really great stuff in the pipeline. Some things, uh, if you're into action figures, you might enjoy. If you're into uh, artistic stuff, you might enjoy. So while the podcast, I would say, is at its all-time high, it's only going to get better. So remember to tune in, you know, be a be a good citizen and, and spread spread the good, good vibes. Of TMNT yeah, if, if you've made it this far into the podcast or the video, then you're an award-winning listener. Yep. What do we call them? Foot soldiers. Foot soldier. Yeah. You're soldiering on. 
All right. So John, do you have a Twitter poll question for this week? What is your favorite hose nozzle spray type? So, you know, you're out watering the lawn, perhaps there's the attachment that goes on the end of the hose that has all these different settings. Which one is your favorite? Who goes first? Chris has gone first. No, we're first last week. I don't want. I know. That's what I'm saying. No. Is it an advantage or is it a disadvantage? I don't know. Andrew, spin that wheel. Oh, yeah. Andrew, spin the the wheel. wheel. All right. I will spin the wheel. This this is a tricky one because what are we doing? As I'm getting the wheel up here, what are we doing for the, I guess, environment of this question being asked? Yeah. Like, are we just, we're just watering along? I don't think, no, I think it should be ambiguous to what you're doing. All right. Well, I can, I can live with that. I'm spinning the wheel right now to determine which of us goes first. It looks like it's going to be John Mm. because we land on Michelangelo. Yep. So John goes first, and then I'll spin again as you're doing that, and we'll see who goes second. And I'm talking like it's the you know the nozzle that has like the six different settings that you can click around the wheel. Yeah. Like there's. What are the odds of that, Andrew? Right on John again. Yeah, it's closest to me though. It's technically past halfway, right? Try it again. Yeah. No, but it's closest to you. It was. Yeah. So John, you're talking about the place like when you walk into Home Depot. Yeah. Looks like wow. Oh my god. Oh, it's me. Chris. Yeah, it's Chris. When you walk into Home Depot and you buy just like, you know, the the ten dollar spray nozzle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so I what are you going with, John? I'm going with shower, which is just like the classic gives you enough distance to water sort of within I'll say like a ten foot radius. And gives you good coverage as you're sweeping back and forth. It's good if you wanted to spray your feet off or spray down a dog or a child, per- <laughs> a child perhaps. But I'm going with the shower spray nozzle. It's just a generic answer. I don't. What do you mean? No real creep. That's like the standard setting. No, the standard setting is blank. It's just water pouring out of the hose. Yeah, but like the the. The shower is like kind of good at everything, not great at anything. Yeah, it's it's um, what's that saying? The master Jack of all, all trades, trade. master, yeah. master of them. Yeah, but People my opinion, the second half of that saying, that probably would have been my pick too. Honestly, shower just because it's it's about as versatile as it gets. Yeah, but John chose it, so I can't. I can't. I'm curious what Chris is going to kind of leave with. Here's. It has Chris to be going cone. I kind of want to go off script here. It has to be from the sh- that sh- that a nozzle. Or is it just a hose spray setting? What are you I'm going to say something. Thumb? You can veto it if you want. Thumb over. Thumb the over end? the end of the no, hose. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. we're vetoing that because <laughs> that's obviously the winner. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wait, it was worth a shot. All right, um, this is going to be. It, it's hard to beat what John said. I have to go with, listen, there's just the straight laser shot, the jet? high pressure, jet? the jet to like, it's good if you're trying to get a chunk of something off, fucking you can no spray good. people down, you can shoot it in the air, make it feel like rain. So the jet, you know, if you need to get down and dirty, the jet is what you need. I'm going jet. 
I knew Chris was going to go like was going to go. I had deaf. a different answer, but it would never win me a poll, so I didn't want to say it. We have to say that at the end of this. Yeah. So Jet is nice for blasting stuff off of like your, you know, uh, patio or like deck. Like we have blasting birds mud off the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. If you don't have a yeah. pressure washer, it's the best you're going to do. Yeah. And honestly, like I probably use Jet, I would say two thirds of the time I'm using a hose. You know, because yeah. who's got time to just like slow trickle? You're blasting stuff or you're like watering plants. Like you're either one end or the other. I don't like there's shower very... or jet. Yeah. <laughs> and even even shower, like on the one I have, I think I have eight patterns. I have um it's it's like drip basically. So it it just pours out the end and just goes straight down. So if you're yep. watering plants, it's great because you just hold it and it's like if you were just had the hose, you know, unplugged at like fifty percent capacity. And jet, I will say for jet, it's Is always like on no. one end of the settings so it gives you a baseline of where you are on the on the settings if you're at jet you're like all right i can only go left from here you know what i'm saying yeah i'm thinking of the twist one in my head but yeah, yeah no no i know what you're saying yeah you're talking about jet i was talking about soaker soaker was the setting that yeah, just soaker that's it. soaker oh, yeah, yeah. but soaker is bad at everything else like it's really good for just directing water right there but you almost don't need the spray thing to do that because you have a hose you could just do it with a hose so if i was if i was um really like green thumb and did a whole bunch of stuff like with plants i would probably say soaker but i'm not and i can't say shower and i can't say jet so my options are really like cone mist um flat. wide like flat um, fan that was <laughs> fan what the fuck is fan fan's flat it's the same thing it just goes oh, yeah. out and it looks like i do use fan on on my concrete just because like the jet is nice to blast stuff out of the chris what are the cracks in between concrete yeah the relief cuts yeah the the reliefs um it's really good there and then you can flat you can do the flat to kind of get everything off but i'm gonna go mist you know why i'm going mist so bad no one ever watering like the most delicate flowers (laughs) mist sucks mist is great for kids Mist I don't even great. know if mist is on sometimes. It's like, is this hose running? <laughs> is there a kink in the hose or my my mist mode? Yeah. I mean, I gotta go, I gotta go with a, a curveball. Yeah, Otherwise, there's no way I'm gonna win. I can't go yeah. flat. I mean, flat's flat's not good either. Andrew, here's the case. So flat was my second answer. Here's the strongest case for flat. You can do the little like wave with it. Like you go up and oh, down yeah. and it makes it cool, yeah. like little <laughs> It's all waves. Then, it's all you got with yeah, wave. Yeah, there's that. There's cone and like soaker and mist. I'm left with the worst things. I like mist because <laughs> as a kid, one of the coolest things ever, I remember we never had, like we just would have the old school like sprinkler thing. But I just remember like middle of summer, you're running through like the sprinkler that's coming back and forth. And when the sun hits the mist and yeah. like everyone's out there, it's almost a majestic, like you're in a different <laughs> world. And that's the only thing that resonated with me when I'm looking at the other options on this. Uh, trying, on your, this trying your best to sell mist and yeah. majestic. Majestic mist is what I'm going to call it. I will say mist is a bad, cone is the worst. Cone is like, if you want to not hit what you're aiming at, pick cone mode. <laughs> Fucking, you're hitting a perimeter around what you're aiming at. Yeah. It's the stupidest setting. It's useless. Yeah, what the fuck is cone for? I don't know. Mist would be what you would want if you want it like lightly water or something. I don't know what cone is doing. I mean, cone sometimes is nice to fill up like um uh donut like, shapes. 
I don't know. You know what cone is fun to do? To put your finger in and be like, my finger's not wet, but it's in the hose. You just like stick it in the end of the thing. That's all cone is good. Yeah. For. Cone cone was literally like they, they got to like five options and some guy was like, We need one more click and like this is all it will do. And it's like, well, just put it on there and call it cone. Somebody will use it. This says this says gardeningknowhow.com. The cone setting gives you a circle of spray so that you can water a ring of plants all at once. <laughs> As long as you're in a perfect circle, <laughs> and you're directly above it, like what is it? Yeah, oh, I'm really not. Up. I'm really not looking forward to uh, eating pizza next week because there's no way Mist will win. <laughs> Mist, yeah. That's why I wanted second choice there so bad, but it just yeah. wasn't meant to be. So, yeah. Well, that point. brings us. That brings us to the close of this episode. Any um, anything you guys want to plug before we sign off? Um, not plug. I just I we need uh, Baxter back. He's Shredder sucks without him. His plans suck. The villains aren't as good. I like the frogs, but I'm I want Baxter Stockman to come back. I think. Yeah, I think we fight. only have a couple episodes left too. Right, we're getting to the end of the season here. Yeah, we've got three left in season two, and they are so we're not going to get Baxter back in the next episode, but we do get the teenagers from dimension x the neutrinos yeah so they'll be making a return then we've got the Catwoman from channel six which is a good episode and then to wrap up season two is return of the technodrome that sounds like it's gonna be good yeah nice i can't wait for that very good how about you john anything that you want to plug um nope just the tiktok because i laugh every fucking time i watch that video yeah, TikTok's been uh, been hot after quite a lag in content. You mean the TikTok a research up. and development stage? Yeah, <laughs> with the grand opening, if you it's will. Been good. Yeah, <laughs> I've been happy with all the social media, but definitely check out check out the TikTok. I would say, um, awesome. Well, the only thing I have, I've been working on this for a while. I've been sending you guys some screenshots. Um. I'm working on a little diorama for my uh, my TMNT action figures, which I hope to share with everyone in the coming weeks. Maybe a little show and tell. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So far, for really ones that have seen it, it looks incredible. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what it looks like when everything's put together. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, this is season two, episode ten of the 1987 TMNT cartoon series new york shiniest and this is andrew and for john and chris i'm saying cowabunga see you later bye